Blog Talk Radio. This is Creativity in Play. I'm Steve Dahlberg. And I'm Mary Alice Long. You can find us online at creativityandplay.com and follow us on Facebook as well. Our guest today on Creativity in Play is Kari Svenaby, founder of ActiveKidsClub.com. Carrie is an urban mother, a librarian, and a classically trained chef who champions the benefits that exposure to nature gives children. Kari Svenaby, welcome to Creativity in Play. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you here today. Will you talk about um, connecting both children and adults to nature and play, and what do we need to know about that topic? Well, first of all, it's actually pretty easy. Just get outside. <laughs> That's what I would <laughs> say. <laughs> Start with getting outside. Easy, yeah, yeah no, I know. Um, I think the time when uh, I think we need to talk as parents that we also need to get outside with our kids. We can't just kids go out and play. That's a little bit different story today, so I kind of challenge everybody to think about going outside with your kids again and be inspired to go outside again Um, because it actually is not just kids who benefit from being outside, it's adults too as well. Well, Kari, what do you see in your own community um, going on with outdoor play and can you tell us a couple stories about adults and kids who are out there playing and what happens? I think I um, live in um, in an urban community in Toronto where you can walk everywhere. That is, um, I, it is easy. That means you actually meet people and it happens play on the way. Um, and our local schools have... Um, the parents will meet after school, after school hours, and actually play outside of the school. That's very nice. Um, we also used our local park, and this is we are having real winter here now in Toronto, and it's really nice to see that kids are outside in the winter too. But um, one of the things I started with five years ago in another community in Toronto, which were more urban and maybe less kids outside, especially in the wintertime, was an outdoor playgroup to build a community um, and to get to meet parents and kids outside. Um, and I still do that. We still do that in our new community where it's it's the beach. But this, again, if, if I am... Um, Maybe if I have moved to this neighborhood in the first time, maybe I wouldn't have done Active Kids Club because um, there's more kids out playing in this community. So so part of your starting Active Kids Club was trying to be deliberate in your own interaction around play with your own family, but also trying to connect with others who, who may not be intentionally seeking opportunities to play with their kids and and the adults as well? Yeah, it was basically meeting other parents with kids. Um, In Toronto, we have a lot of indoor 
programs for parents and kids, but we have really known a few outdoor programs, especially in the wintertime. When we're talking about summer, it's a different story. So I just wanted to meet all the parents in the park playing outside. And really, that's why I started Like the Kids Club. Um, In the beginning, I didn't start with uh, any any website. I just started out with flyers. And I actually did think it was kind of easy to do out the playground. I didn't think that was going to be uh, a cost or... Uh, anything of like that i I just wanted to meet other parents um while I was doing that, I was a little bit shocked to actually find out that the understanding about outdoor play how important that is for kids was actually not uh, common knowledge, and that's made me create uh, the website activekidsclub.com. I also um publish outdoor play Autoplay bibliography. I actually just looked at it today, and I find it actually still, even though it's old, I do update it. It uh, sometimes it's actually pretty good. It has a lot of information of autoplay, but also autoplay programs in the world. So that's what I, why why I did like the kids club. Great. Well, you know, Kari, I'm a grand. Parent, my grandkids call me Nana Banana, and um, I'm going to start a play group myself, an outdoor play group with my grand twins who are 18 months old. And I wonder if you in your area or in your inactive kids club, if you're seeing more grandparents coming out and forming play groups too. Um, you'd like to see that? <clears throat> I would like to see that. Um, and actually, it's funny. One of the outdoor play groups in Toronto, because there's many outdoor play groups in Canada or and in the U.S. as well. But there's one outdoor play group here in Toronto where we have a, we have a grandparent coming, like you, and she is actually more hardcore than the young moms. <laughs> <laughs> she's out there when there's snow and ice. She's out there. And uh, she actually also has written some content for me as well. And I think grandparents will, um, I think, a lot of them still have a culture about being outside and can help uh, us to connect with the outdoors again. Yes, and I, I know that uh, as a follow-up on that, that Steve is uh, very involved in creative aging. And so I think that um, grandparents coming out to play outdoors with their grandkids or you know, the kids in the community, um, and different families and intergenerational play, I think that um, that fits really uh, nicely into bringing uh, creative aging into the the mix for elders who might not might not be they might need some other avenues to create and to play in. And outdoor play would be one of them. So. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a good point, and again, it's good for uh, for. Adults to get outside too and get fresh air and and get exercise. So I think it's I think it's very important. So you're originally from Norway. You live in Canada now. I'm wondering if you see differences in play as you perhaps visit Europe um, and observe and play when you go there, and and what you see in North America. Are there differences, or is it 
is it a pretty commonly generic human thing that that you see no matter where you go? Uh, I think I think play for kids are the same, but I think I think what we allow our kids the culture of play is definitely different. In the Scandinavian uh, countries, the the allowing the kids to risk are definitely much higher than here. Um, I will be a little bit careful about saying Canada and U.S. because I don't uh, U.S. I just know from online. I haven't really experienced by parents, uh, and I also do know Canada and U.S. is so big and so different in many ways. You can, each community can be very different. But I can certainly know when I'm going home to Norway and my six-year-old daughter are experienced much more freedom when she's over in Norway than here in Toronto. Now, I live in a big city, so it's a little bit different. Um, but the culture of uh, the getting risk, especially in school, school and stuff, are much higher in the Scandinavian countries. Sorry, what, what what do you see with um, parents and babies in play outdoors? Are parents coming out with their their newborns and their infants and babies to play? Um, well, we try to uh, encourage that. Um, I do that. I have I have a six year old and I have a baby, and she's been part of the outdoor play group as well. Um, she will actually sleep outside, even in the winter time. Um, again, I think that's very up to each parent, and I do. I can understand that can be hard to schedule with nap and and such things. But yeah, they do come out with babies as well. And what are some ideas you have about uh, parents and how they can play with their babies outdoors? Well. Especially now in the winter time, it's really more of a experience being outside, just looking at the outdoors uh, when you're talking about babies, um, and uh, looking at leaves and just like the same you do inside, you can do outside with them. Just observe, talk about what you see when you're walking. Uh, but also, if you're part of an outdoor play group. Uh, Babies like to watch older kids, especially um, live with um, older kids. So just being part of that group will actually um, be stimulating for them as well. Thank you. So we're we're also often looking for, in our conversations, the connections between creativity and play and other topics and so as you look at the the examples that you've been describing, what does creativity look like to you in those examples? Yeah, I am. Um, I think that's um, that's a good question. I think it's a lot of things. It's problem solving. It's art, but also it's a way of thinking. And I think being outside, especially for small children. Um, makes them having a sense of wonder. I also think I, I look at their, a lot of, uh, the brain is like, and the nature is not um, an organized place to be. It's just, 
loose parts, and I think that makes them it's more chaotic. And I think that's why being outside for kids uh, is very good, especially when they're small. Well, Kari, what are some examples of ways to play outside in the snow and in, in this season or winter? Well, if you're lucky to have snow, you have so much stuff to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I um, uh one of them, maybe when you're talking about creativity, I think um, bringing out, uh, doing snow paint, food coloring in squirt bottles, it's very popular. And just getting them to use snow as canvas. Um, of course, we yesterday, it's, but also knowing um Again, it goes a little bit just interesting what you said about being a grandparent because a lot of the things um, I do a little bit is going back in time when we did know today is snow, what kind of snow, weather, what can we do outside? Um, it was, if it, is it, is the snow, is it snowman weather? Just knowing those things. Is it too, maybe it's too cold to be outside today. Maybe we can make some ice art today, using the weather as, as our guide to be outside. Well, I saw on your on Active Kids Club you posted a, a book that you found at probably as a librarian, I imagine, and it had the idea of um, making flags and putting them in the snow and then um, playing with the flags. I want to say that was actually not my story. <laughs> it was actually one of the outdoor playgroups in the U.S. Um, who okay. wrote that story. So at Active Kids Club, we have all the outdoor playgroups have their own blogs. So they can post their story. And the one who posted that story, that was from her outdoor playgroup. I thought that was a great uh, idea, by the way. Me too. Especially in uh, windy weather. You, as we mentioned in the introduction, part of your background is as a chef, and this connection, I think, between food and play. And and I I see you also talk about the idea of cooking with nature. Can you say some more about this connection of of play and food and nature. Um. Yeah. That uh, definitely has um that. Part of my website has been an ongoing process. I, I didn't know how to connect them, but I definitely do. Um, and again, it's not it's play, but it also is nature as well. Uh, we used to be um, we used to harvest food, and that used to actually be play involved for kids. They used to go out harvesting strawberry in the strawberry season, harvesting blueberries in the blueberry season or growing your own kids. And that's an easy way to do it. And during that harvesting, it does play, do occur. Um, But also, um, uh, doing, um, because if you are a chef, um, you you try to make food in the season. So again, this about being connected to nature is something... um, 
you live after, and you try to pass that up on to your kids. And, of course, you try to make it fun for the kids to engage with them when you are making food. And I think what you just said about being connected to the season is really interesting because I don't think we typically think about, you know, I mean, we, we obviously recognize the season's changing, but I don't think we often stop and think about does does our play change and how does it change and can we, again, be intentional about playing differently as the seasons change. And so, you know, bringing in the food part in the summertime versus the wintertime, you know, as a very deliberate way to to play together between generations and stuff, you know, is an interesting idea to think about. Yeah, thank you very much for that. I, I want to say, like, almost everything we do on Active Kids Club is connected to season. Um everything of the play because I do live in Canada so it's four seasons for me so it's winter so everything is connected to the season for us when it comes to playing Um, well Kari here in the northwest we have a lot of rain and so I wonder how if you had some ideas about how to play in the rain I do. I love rainy weather. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, first of all, it's um, depending how cold it is. If it's rain, it's, it's important to get dressed for it. Um, again, I, I um, one of the things I love to do, and I know the kids love to do it too. And I, it's making channels out of pounds, making uh, boats, steering, um, and um, and may, that's what kids love to do. But also, again, making being a chef outside. You can be a chef outside too. Making dirt soup out of um, the water is coming down. Um, and, of course, don't forget puddle jumping. Mm-hmm. But I also want to say one thing about now. This is play scenarios because you also want to, as you know, um, you want the kids to play by themselves and they will actually find new ways to create new play but it's good to maybe start with something um and um and and that's what i like to do i thought another interesting connection that you talk about on your website is is the connection to being green and sort of how do you go from the sort of general um, sort of downer feeling about the environmental issues to how do you actually play in a way that, that brings some positive attention to being green and the things that you can do that, that don't leave a carbon uh, footprint in, in the way that certain things do? Um, is that something you see in different groups sort of paying attention to that particular aspect of, of play? Because, again, it's not a connection you know, we often make um, with play, but it, it, you know, seems to be an obvious one as you guys talk about why it matters. Um, my roots is um, um, is um, Norwegian and or Scandinavian, and it's based from a word we call freely sleep, and I translated loosely to fresh air living. And basically, that means that through spending time to nature, we care about nature. So it's very, for me, 
it's very connected to being green. But it, uh, I, I don't think you can really have a real connection if, if you don't spend time outside. Um, and more and more research do show that. Um, I know. And uh, so it really is an important thing. And, and, and a lot of the things that we do uh, are with very low carbon print as well, which you directly said. Um, living in season and doing but it yeah it's very direct it's very close to being green but i don't i want to say that i'm i am a little bit aware about talking to small kids about the earth it's we're feeling bad for the earth that's not my message my message is more positive and by being outside we do create a love for nature but also in the outdoor playgroups, we often will every year do spring cleaning. And that's a great it's activity, but it makes the kids um, do something constructive for the community where they live. Well, I think we we have a culture where we are so organized and so we're we're oriented to achievement and to making something and doing something. And so um, I imagine that there's a lot of parents and grandparents that when they go out there to play with their children and grandchildren, um, they're fighting that, you know, it's a free space to play, uh, yet we're so used to the, the organized events. What would you have to say yeah. about that? And picking up on that question, too, I was going to say earlier you used the word hardcore to talk about one of the people you were describing, and it, picking up on Mary Alice's question about, you know, sort of almost a contradiction sometimes of the spontaneity of play, but becoming hardcore about playing if if you go about it the way we go about a lot of other things. So I, I was wondering if, if you sometimes you get challenged on, on that um, paradox, I guess, that, that uh, comes up in mm. deliberate play. Well, I think when we talk, we're talking about the sense of an outdoor play group, it's meant to be a community play group. It's not meant to be a program. If you want to have a program, then go to a program. And I think that's very important to, as an organizer of outdoor play group, to think about uh, that's not what I'm doing here. I want to meet friends. I want to meet new friends. And we want to have fun together. Because, yes, in the past, I have done some events who was big, way too big for me. And it felt like I was uh, running an event. And that's really not what this is meant to be. So what I uh, suggest is to just plan one activity. Only one. And then and have time to interact with each other, talk, and and eat afterwards. That's my tip. Uh, having said that, with the, uh, it's the organization, um, well, we need to, to put the place and time for play. If we don't do it, we need to, to make it happen. And... Um, and... Um, it's just the way our society uh, works today. Because I know if I don't put the t- 
time and place to things, it doesn't happen. But I have to say it can happen many places. It can happen when you go maybe to organize events. I, uh, My daughter is taking skating lessons uh, this year, and um, it's outside. And we will bring hot chocolate, and we will play after after we had uh, the lesson with some of her friends. just shows a way that sometimes you can always schedule some play after you have done something. Or maybe you walk somewhere instead of taking the car. I think that's a great point, Kari, what you just said about playing after an organized event because I know that I don't see I don't see that happening very often. I see parents and sometimes grandparents or other family members picking up their children and then they they're off they go in the car. And that's a that's a very good point to, to bring to different groups that I might be associated with, for instance. I think it can be also so simple. Maybe you just bring some hot chocolate now in the cold season and just like let's let's play a little bit afterwards. And I love the idea of bringing in um, bringing in uh, food like the hot chocolate or something really s- simple and and making the play simple and starting with one thing rather than a lot, <laughs> which makes it into an event, as you said. I have to say, as an adult, I was excited a few weeks ago to discover on the pond on the property where I live that I never checked out last winter was skatable. And before the big snow came, I got to skate a couple times on it. And, um, you know, the fact that it was right here and close and fun and exercise, which I'm terrible at doing. So um, it was great. And and to to do that with a six-year-old. Yeah, that's great. I I I think that's also um, another point too to um, create places who's close by where you live, where people live. And sometimes it's playgrounds, but it also is like what you said, is skating rinks or just a pond, like you were saying. Or I I I'm a cross country skier, so I will actually ski here in urban Toronto and meet other people too. Well, which, you know, if you ski down an urban sidewalk in the middle of winter after a storm, you know, the the, the fun and the unusualness it creates is, you know, a great community building thing that's very simple and easy and out of the ordinary oftentimes, especially in an urban area. So, it, you know, just the sense of of uh, community that comes from some playful activity like using your skis to get around yeah. on a snowy day or something. It is great. Well, how how can people get involved with Active Kids Club, both, you know, what you're doing through the site and then back in their own local communities and sort of, as I understand, in both directions, how do they do that? Well, they um, we, we welcome, actually, if you want to write articles, we love that too. That's another way to contribute. If you have done something wonderful in your community or if you have a game you would like to share with us, we would love to have it. You also, um, if you want to start an outdoor play group in your community, we have uh, blogs and tools for you. Uh, and everything is on, on the website. You just um, submit your outdoor play group. 
Um, you also can just um, contact me on email. Uh, I'm very active on Twitter as well. You can follow me there as well. And we would love to hear from you. I also want to say another thing that I'm probably going to be a little bit more involved in too is recess. Um, I just got uh, contacted from somebody in, um, in New York that are uh, campaigning, uh, getting the recess back because they haven't been outside because it's too cold. So uh, if you have problems with that too, let me know because uh, that I think that's very important too. It's not just out there playing in the community, but in schools too. Which seems to be a reoccurring challenge in many communities of the, the, the cutting of recess. Yes. Well, Carrie, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to get to know you, Mary, uh, in your play group. Thank you, Kari. Likewise. Kari Senevi is founder of ActiveKidsClub.com. You can listen to this show and previous shows again and find more information about our guests and coming shows at CreativityAndPlay.com and follow us on Facebook as well. Creativity and Play is a production of the International Center for Creativity and Imagination in partnership with the National Creativity Network. I'm Steve Dahlberg. And I'm Mary Alice Long. Thank you for joining us, Kari. Thank you.